Hello, this is Betty. And this is Sarah. And I just wanted to say thanks for tuning into our podcast. Today we are going to be talking about the process of standardization and how it affects language from the period of Middle English into our society today. So now that English has begun to develop and take on a life form of its own, we can take a glimpse into the history of how English became standardized. So during the age of Middle English, Latin was the common tongue of the churches. Um, this, it wasn't until the early modern English era that English moved into the church and into control sectors. This process expanded the powers that the English language had and the various functions it had. So essentially this process began to expand the English language itself. During this time, new words and new syntax were added into speech of those who were in power. Um, one thing to note is that there are four steps to growing a language. The first step is selection, the second is codification, third is elaboration, and fourth is acceptance. So during the Norman invasion, um, Old English at that time was selected, and so as a result of this, English, English actually became to become codified, so it, everything was like starting to get written down. And in early modern English, they began to become expanded, so it was really just growing rapidly. This eventually, um, you get acceptance, so people begin to hear words from others and use them in their own speech. So because of this, the process of standardization is a continuous um, state of emergence, even in our society today. Old language dies, and when this happens, it's not being used any longer. But during this phase of Middle English to Modern English, we see English only grow and become stronger and to take on more functions within the government and within ceremonies and in common tongue of the common people. This process was inevitable, but why? What is the benefit of standardization? What do we gain because of it? What do we lose? What's being hurt? New things come in, but some things hurt because of that. Things are lost. If we unify a new language, what are we losing? We lose dialect, we lose creativity, we lose um, tradition and culture, tradition that ties in cultures together and people groups together. But because of this standardization, things become easier for the vast majority of people. Everyone can follow along and everyone can communicate with each other. But as a result of the speech being standardized, we see English in writing also become standardized. Moving from Middle English to Early Modern English, we have this shift of linguistic variation. People begin to explore South Africa and India and the Far East, and they bring their language with them. And the, this distance causes a change in the language. We also see changes due to social class and scale. Where you're located, whether you're a city folk or a country folk, produces a difference in speech patterns. This language itself um, also changes over time. This is called a diachronic language. For example, there are words that we use during the time of Shakespeare in early modern English that we don't use today. So language has changed over time. We see changes because of distance, time, and social class. We also begin to change in form and meaning. For example, the words color and theater are spelt differently in the U.S. than in other countries. Or the idea of the word hope, which in the U.S. means to wish for but in other countries, it means to think. Because of these variations, we can identify where people are from or where they are in society. The possibility of education, all by the way a person speaks. If you pay attention and you listen closely, you can, you can try to determine these things. So, as a result of this, new words begin 
to enter into the English language. These are known as curious terms, which means new words to enter. The introduction of loan words brings on connotations with the denotations. And during this time, older Scots and Southern English became the elite English, so we saw changes in syntax and in the grammar. And not only in variation of in syntax and lexicon, but also in writing and spelling standardization. So this was a gradual shift in standardization because English was becoming a national language. So this process ensures universal understanding but removes the color of the local English. You can tell by the way a person wrote or spoke where they fit into society. There was now the idea of identifying and categorizing people based on dialect. So during this time, you would see stereotyping. Now you may wonder, why does this happen? It happens today. Naturally, as humans, we are pattern matchers. Um, when we see images or objects, we find patterns throughout them. And we also do the same thing with sound. So you may be wondering, is this a bad thing? Um, not only was stereotyping present during this time, but has carried over into today's modern society. And standardization and its effects on stereotypes is a continuing debate into our present day society. We can see that standardizing English did not really come until after the language had debuted or was accepted, as Betty was talking about earlier. Even so, the effects of standardization from Middle English to now have been drastic. The conversation has evolved from the War of the Grammar Nazi or the War of the Fluid English Writer to a dialogue on diversity and how language can divide or mend people. It's become less about comma placement and more about pointing fingers. We have seen and discussed multiple forms of the English language. There's shifts based on culture, there's African American vernacular standard, British English, or English based on a region, and the list can go on and on. In fact, English is the official language of 60 countries around the world, and yet not one version is completely the same as the next. But what is truly intriguing is the fact that we as Americans tend to fit everything into one mold. If it doesn't fit into the mold, then it's dangerous. Everyone must talk one way or speak one way or think one way. And if that doesn't happen, we categorize it into another standard. This standard isn't one that we necessarily widely accept, but rather it's a standard to, quote, appease those who see a need for a new one. But then we also control another person's standard by putting our own regulations on it. For example, someone saying ax instead of ask is completely different or immediately different. The majority creates a standard that they were never really a part of. Sometimes I like to look at it like high school drama. We all know that one kid who wanted to be involved in everyone's business. They wanted to give you advice or tell you something that, that they thought they had some sort of insight on, but we all really knew that they knew nothing about it. But they just wanted to say something for the sake of having a say. This is what we can do to people when we try to set rules for them. But instead of celebrating what makes us different, we let it divide us. However, what we know is that our American normalcy and what we've known from the past is changing. For example, according to the Pew Research Center, white children five years old and younger in the U.S. are actually a minority compared to Hispanic, Latino, or African-American children. The mention of this statistic is not to bring about greater division, but rather to question our own motives. Why do we allow something that could be used for good to be used negatively? Now, let's be honest for a second. The fact of the matter is that not everyone is going to be happy with one specific outcome. So, why apply one specific outcome to standardization? So, you use an Oxford comma. Great. So, you don't use an Oxford comma. Also great. What makes our country stand out is that we are a melting pot of different cultures. 
we can celebrate and embrace these differences through standardization. Having a billion different types of English is great because it is representative of what we can be proud of. And now that we've briefly discussed how standardization can make or break a language, I think a great question to ask is how we can integrate cultural competency into our understanding of, of standardization today. And so, Betty, what would you, what would your feedback be for that kind of question? Right. Well, I think that's great. Um, I think for me personally, it's important to start with where you're at. So we're all a part of some type of community, um, whether you're at college or you're in high school or maybe you're even on a sports team. I think it's important to be intentional about creating conversation and learning about other people's backgrounds, um, learning about other people's culture, what makes them distinct from you, um, asking questions of insight. Um, we don't have to travel far in order to learn these things. And to take that one step further, I think it's important to begin to appreciate the diversity in one another and to use that to bring unity among all of us. For sure. And I think something that we can expound upon with that is even um, how we can integrate this sort of standardization and cultural competency, rather, into... I guess our high school like what our what our high schools are learning what our kids mm-hmm. are learning how they're how they're interacting with other kids and how they're right. interacting with people around them to to really set them up for success in the future of understanding this but also I think another great way to start is by creating the safer place to study and like discuss how people groups can be a part of setting their own standard mm-hmm. um to just to make it clear I think having something unique to every person or every people group is okay. I think um, every culture has something that's very unique to them. Otherwise, everyone would be the same. But I think when we look at those who study language as like as a, for a living, as a vocation, it's something that we can kind of have a toss-up with is that once, even though they study this language, they not having the fully immersive experience of growing up speaking the language, um, mm-hmm. having everyone around you speak this language, um, it kind of puts them as the underdog, if you will, as opposed to someone that would know the language right from birth until adulthood or into adolescence. Um, But it's crucial for them to have a say in how, I guess, this would happen and how this would look like these people that are speaking these languages. Um, We can be a generally inclusive society as long as I think it benefits our own agenda. Um, However, I think humbling ourselves to realize that we don't really truly understand every single culture that there is out there um understanding that and saying I would like to learn about people and being honest and just intentional with what you kind of said about community right and that community aspect of really getting to know people individually um it can be kind of a first step and kind of a guideline in creating um this cultural competency we're talking about and creating better guidelines for people that should have a say in how their language is standardized right. instead of having a majority people group standardize their language for them. Um, I don't know if you had anything to like right. add to that. Well, I agree with you, and I think it's important that people feel like they have a voice mm-hmm. and that they feel like that people are actually going to listen to what they have to say because mm-hmm. when we create this idea of a safe place, like a safe environment, that can come from just being a friend and just mm-hmm. being there for other people mm-hmm. so that they can speak about things, they can feel comfortable sharing their culture with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important that we don't make people feel ashamed of where they come from, mm-hmm. but we actually embrace that in them. And I think that truly mm-hmm. the best way to do that is to by showing them 
that they're loved, that they're a child of God, and by being a friend, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And so I think that creating that standard of English is, it's good for every single, like, it's good for people groups, but at the end of the day, it really should be about us being able to use it and saying, like, hey, you're you're different from me. Let mm-hmm. me learn from you, and you learn from me. But the fact right. that we're different is okay, and, you know, my English isn't better than your English right. or whatever, like, whatever arguments, for argument's sake, there is there, because at mm-hmm. the end of the day... We're all people, and we all have things that we think are right. great. But at the end of the day, we us, all have, we all have this together, desire desire to communicate with each other. Yeah, at the end for of the day. sure, and learn from each other. And right. so, um, that's all the time that we have for today. Unfortunately, it was a great discussion. Um, tune in next week for our next episode, where our friends are actually going to be talking about dialects and how dialects kind of affect our own language, and kind of expounding upon our conversation today. So. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.